And on 4ZZZ, you're listening to Eco Radio. I'm Jeff Ebbs and I'm joined by David Bristow. Uh, David, you were just talking about some of the complexity of the water structure. Here in Queensland, we've got a big body southeast Queensland water, then we've got the municipal. Uh, councils, different people look, what you were saying is that there's a lot of different layers of approvals and so on um, who looks after our main water supply, Wyvernhoe Dam and the other dams that you know feed the water that comes out when we turn on our tap? The majority of the bulk water supply is provided uh, or administered by SEQ Water uh, they look after Wyvernhoe, Somerset and quite a number of the other uh, smaller uh, storages um, within the southeast uh, corner um, they run some water treatment facilities, but they're usually uh, small and community-based, um, rather than the larger water supply systems uh, for Brisbane and uh, Logan, parts of the uh, Gold Coast are uh, supplied through Queensland Urban Utilities, and Gold Coast itself is looked after by Gold Coast Water. Okay, so by water treatment we mean taking rainwater and making sure it doesn't have mud, bugs and other weirdness in it? Well, we actually make it dirty after it's fallen out of the sky by by letting it run across the land and and into a storage. But yes, uh, we release it out of the storage, either pumping it directly. In Wyvernhoe's case, we run it down the Brisbane River, pick it up at Mount Crosby uh, Weir, and then put it through uh, two treatment plants, East, Bay, East Bank and West Bank, and supply it into the into the uh, major metro. Um, network. Now just that example of running it uh, down the Brisbane River to Mount Crosby Weir mm. is an example of the sort of history of the way these water systems developed. It rains in the mountains, we capture it in a nice steep gully where we can hold a lot of water with a relatively small wall and then we use gravity assisted systems to make it come out the tap at home. Mm. Um, clearly that's an example of a linear process Yes. Catch it, use it once and waste it. That's right. Put it down the sewer and then treat it and then throw it out into the into the river or the ocean. Mm. So thinking about ways that we can make that uh, sustainable, what are our options? How do we manage that? Well, if we had, uh, say, an unlimited supply of money or we started the city again, you these days, given the size of the city, uh, you'd start considering how do we recycle uh, water from the, the back end to the back to the front end. And Gold Coast did a lot of work on this uh, during the Millennium Drought because they were faced with having to actually do that, uh, taking the effluents from, say, Coombar Works and bringing them back to Molendina Works via uh, the water storages at uh, Hins Dam. In Brisbane, we've done a similar sort of exercise with the water grid, bringing water back to uh, uh, the uh, Bundamba uh, recycled water uh, plant and being able to take that back to Wyvernhoe and, and other storages for reuse or put it straight into industry. Um, again, we were forced to look at those things as part of the uh, result of the Millennium Drought. Uh, we're, we're literally running out of water in, in the major storages. You can also uh, harvest uh, stormwater from the city and ca capture that and reuse it. And there's large uh, systems in Adelaide that uh, uh, look at that, uh, that, that as a solution and they're probably one of the uh, country's uh, leaders in uh, st stormwater harvesting for community use. There are a lot of examples in Queensland where that's on a very local level, so water is captured, say, by development, uh, treated by local stormwater treatment devices and used for, um, uh, I suppose, uh, aesthetic beautification parks, things like that, to keep them uh, watered, not so much through irrigation, but uh, simply by trapping water in the, in the landscape. It's still a linear system and we're not probably maximising the uh, the use of that water resource. 
Now, you're talking about um, recycling water. By that, we mean recycling water that has gone through the sewer. You can recycle uh, two ways. One is uh, exactly that. It's been through the sewer. Uh, We've treated it and uh, we've treated it again to then use it for either industrial or domestic use. The other recycling that can occur is that we take urban stormwater and treat that and then put that back as a, as a water resource for the community, either for uh, irrigating parks and, and the like, or even putting it into water supplies for uh, domestic and, and industrial use. OK, I'm just going to play a one-minute snip from uh, Dr Aizen, who we uh, interviewed two weeks ago mm-hmm. here on Eco Radio. She's from the uh, Griffith City Research Institute and is talking about smart urban water. But I would say my biggest message is something that's the most controversial in Southeast Queensland. I think probably the listeners would remember the recycled water debacle with mm, Toowoomba yeah. some years ago. Well, I have to tell you, there's fixed or diminishing amount of fresh water supply in the world and increasing demands on consumption due to both population increase and increased standard of living, which means that and then changing climate. So there's no other way but go recycled water. So I suggest people do a little bit of research on recycled water, review the science and take a look at it and get informed and understand and accept that it's actually very clean, very safe. It's, it's the only, it's one of the few climate independent sources of water. At this point, we can't rely on climate dependent sources like rainfall. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can build world's largest dam. If it doesn't rain, how will it get? Get full is what Dr. Aysen did a call cut holes was saying to Dave Whitfield there. So, uh, David, you were just talking about recycled water, the controversy that um, Dr. Aysen DH, I'm going to abbreviate mm. her name to, uh, is referring to is the um, fact that people are concerned about the health imp- uh, d- dangers, risks of uh, recycling sewage. And, and that's very uh, that's been repeated time and again, particularly in Australia. Um, the Toowoomba experience is not unique. Gold Coast uh, had the same uh, challenges with its community, um, and both times they've considered reusing uh, sewage effluents uh, for drinking water. Uh, God has listened, and uh, it's rained, and they've had, haven't had to execute. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> given the uh, climate chaos we're faced with, we're going to face uh, water shortages again at some time in the future, wouldn't you think it's probable? Yes, and we're already seeing that with, even though it's raining at the moment, Wyvernhoe's uh, water, they still need more rain in the catchment to actually fill Wyvernhoe uh, up. But a lot of the other uh, regional dams that uh, are under SEQ's management have in fact filled and, and starting to, to overflow. It's not, not only where the rain is falling, but also critically the demand. So Wyvernhoe, when it was first built, was supposed to provide water security for something like six years with no rain. The population and the demand from the city is much higher. So you've not only got uh, rain patterns moving in the catchment, not necessarily going where you want them, um, for, for that fixed infrastructure, but you've also got a, a very much uh, increased demand. Uh, SCQ Water um, and uh, I think Queensland generally um, does have some things to uh, be congratulated on. Prior to the Millennium Drought, we were using water um, two, three times uh, what we're doing now on a per-person basis. So on a 
individual basis, we're now only using something in the order of 150 litres per person per day, whereas that was up uh, even in the design texts at uh, 250, 300, 500 litres per person per day, depending on community mix. Mm. So how much of that reduction is uh, water efficiency, or or just using less, and how much is any of that due to uh, local recycling issues? That that use is purely through education and change in uh, design standards driven by legislation. So we we changed the way plumbing was to be done, so we've got reduced use showers, uh, dual flush toilets, we even reduced flush toilets, and then community acceptance of that through education... Uh, people were quite proud through the Millennium Drought that they were getting away with 50 litres per person uh, a day. Uh, mm, you, it was, I mean, it was you really get it down to the amount education. of water that sailors take on board a yacht That's kind right. of thing at yes. that level. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, reducing our usage is one way. We mm. need less water and so we're putting less strain on the system. Recycling the water that we're currently pumping out to sea because we've finished with it, going from a linear to a circle model is another way, and that has um, the concerns that Dr Azen DH was just referring to. You mentioned uh, some stormwater recycling efforts that um, you, I gather, didn't work the way they were supposed to. Uh, Stormwater uh, recycling uh, is alive and active in in Australia, and uh, I think Adelaide is is a good example. Their water supply uh, uh, providers um, do collect and recycle quite a lot of uh, stormwater, and uh, they do that... Uh, they're probably uh, leading the country in in their acceptance of that as a as a source. In Queensland, um, and to some extent uh, on the along the eastern seaboard, uh, that effort is um, very focused on getting the stormwater that does fall, rather than allowing it to run off very quickly, to soak into the ground so that our cities remain greener, the landscape remains greener, and we use it for, uh, I suppose, um, that aesthetic es- uh, element that. Uh, we look at wherever we live we, you know, green is is good um, and you need water to uh, to support that um, so is that mainly a sort of parks and gardens kind of to some use? extent yes mm. but it's um, public open space that that generally gets targeted for that so that uh, a lot of it goes into riparian uh, repair um, all through engineering uh, devices typically so we loosely call it that in the industry water sensitive urban design and uh, you collect water uh, from the hard surfaces, roofs, roads uh, and the like car parks. You direct it to uh, treatment devices that then filter out the sediment, uh, filter out nutrients, filter out uh, heavy metals so that the water that you've got left going into the environment uh, is much cleaner. And and there's policy, uh, certainly in planning policy, that requires new development, whether that be industrial or, or residential, uh, to provide those devices. Uh, we've got a lot of built city that was built without those uh, requirements. So there's a bit of catch-up, and um, councils are investing public funds into doing that in certain areas, and they're doing catchment-wide improvements. Mm. Well, I mean, certainly the work's going on along the Norman Creek in Gabba. so yes. many of you dear listeners would live on the other side of the uh, river in the inner city and have seen that... Um, work to a slow down the Norman Creek which had been Mm. turned into a concrete lined drain and re-establish some sort of wetland so that's the kind of thing you're talking about where that water is going back into the environment. Yes and uh, in engineering terms we uh, talk about that being uh, 
bioretention bio devices where we've basically got a, a, a tank or a, an artificial pond that we've filled with some sand and some under drains that allow the water when it goes into that area to filter down. We've got plants built, uh, uh, planted into that space to filter out nutrients and other nasty things through uh, biological accumulation. Now if we put together a water usage pie chart on the urban area, so we're leaving out the 80% of water that agriculture uses mm. Australia wide, but if we look at the water use in an urban area, how does that kind of uh, stormwater capture and return to the environment uh, how big a slice of the pie is that compared to our domestic and industrial use? It naturally is a large portion. I couldn't tell you the exact uh, megalitres. Um, no, no, or, I just want a rough even, idea. Is it bigger rough... or smaller or <laughs> ten times bigger? Uh, well, it, cer it certainly would be uh, larger. Um, certainly would be larger than uh, necessarily a water supply consumption. Uh, but it's very hard to measure necessarily, um, specifically because of the diffuse uh, nature of, of how that water is generated and, and flows. There's not a lot of measurement on what actually is occurring and it depends on how hard the surface is and soft the surface is as to how much of that rainfall would actually uh, present, um, if you like, to those, to those systems. Okay, my reason for asking there is to try and get a picture of if we were to try and recycle some of the city's use would that be a huge difference or would that just be a little additional thing to things like stormwater and it sounds like from what you're saying it would be significant it, it would be significant and again the challenge remains that our stormwater pipes uh, currently collect uh, a lot of stormwater and our drains collect a lot of stormwater but they don't come to a central place so to actually collect it uh, becomes a becomes an engineering challenge and, and much more expensive um, if you've got a stormwater system and a design of a city that uh, actually challenge, challenges everything, challenges, sorry, channels everything to one or two outlets, um, then you're in a much better uh, economic position to actually collect that, uh, that flow and use it directly um, for centralised uh, distribution. Uh, whereas uh, in this city, lots of pipes go into the river, uh, but the river is in fact uh, salty through much of the city's reach, so you'd have to engineer some form of barrage to make the city reach part of the river uh, fresh again. Um, mm. Well, there's we, a couple uh, of things to unpack there. There's uh, <laughs> one, that, <laughs> that use of the river, and then the other is distributed versus central systems. Yes.